Hi everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, JR Mom, joined as always by JR Dad. Hi. How's it going, JR Dad? Good. It's good to have you back. I am glad to be home. Yes. With a week on the road and many traveled trials and tribulations, I have returneth to the household. Luckily, not much happened here while you were gone. That is profoundly untrue. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> hey. Uh, the cocktail of the week this week is, hang on. It's called Stay Up Very Late. That's the name of the cocktail. <laughs> We're the Stay Up Very Late. It is gin, cognac, lemon juice, sugar syrup, a dash of absinthe topped with some soda. Absinthe makes you crazy. That's why you stay up very late. Wee. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. It's a good name. As you, The pattern lately is I'm picking cocktails based on name. Of course. Yeah, it's a good one. But that actually sounds pretty tasty too. Okay. Good name. We got a lot of things to talk about. We have administrative corner. We have dog updates. We have ramblings. We have taste of the keys. There is so much. We have German word of the week, which uh, isn't on my list because it's uh, your responsibility, but there's so many things. I'm going comatose just from all these things. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed I, by thing. This is going to be like a three hour podcast if we talk about all this. I always say that and then it's like 51 minutes. <laughs> Ooh, it's six minutes longer than Ooh. usual. Ooh. <sighs> What do you want to do first? What section? Admin. Admin. All right. I have two items on administrative corner. Ooh. All right. Two things. We have a San Francisco story and a Boston story. Why those two cities? It's no way you were in both those cities I in was, the last seven, I was. seven days. There's no way. I was in both. I don't even believe it. <laughs> Can't even. So let's start. Let's go chronologically. San Francisco. Okay. I took... One, two, three, four, five, six flights this week. Yeah. Were any of them on time? Were like, any of them in the right direction? Oh Some God. of them were. Some of them were backtracking. So I was in San Francisco for work, and then I flew from San Francisco to D.C. And the flight that I love to take from San Francisco to D.C. leaves between 4.30 and 5 p.m. San Francisco time and arrives right around 12.30 to 1 a.m. D.C. time. It's a great flight because it's like not a red eye because you don't have to sleep on the plane. I'm normally up at that hour anyway. So I get home right when I would normally go to bed. It's a great flight. You don't lose a whole day traveling across the country. You just kind of get on the plane, have dinner, go to bed the normal time. For our for our non-American friends, red eye is referred to the West Coast to the East Coast flights where you leave at like 9 p.m. and you get in at 5 a.m. or something ridiculous. God, and those are terrible flights. They're all in narrow body planes and th there's no movies. They just turn the lights off and throw a bunch of blankets at you if you're lucky. Oh, if you're lucky. Yeah. No, they're terrible. It's terrible. Uh, I hate them. I you, hate... You wake up with red eyes. Oh, that landing at like 4.30 in the morning. It's, they're and terrible. Then, oh, it's the worst. Just the way the time zones work, though. That's what they do. So I was on the 440 United Airlines flight from San Francisco to D.C. And I get to the airport and I get to my gate and I get a notice on my phone that my flight's delayed two hours. Ooh, <laughs> two that's, those are key hours, hours in the middle of the night. Man, and I had a hotel that I could have been hanging out at, but I didn't get the alert until I got to the airport. You, left your, you checked out of your hotel. That's right. 
I could have stayed. Yeah. But whatever. Ugh. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to sit here for two hours. So I like found a little spot next to an open gate. And I'm like. With a plug. With a plug. Yeah. yeah sitting there working on my computer. And uh, this was a speaking event. So my speakers bureau books all my flights and hotels. Like they handle all the logistics for me. And uh, so I get an email from my logistics person at the speakers bureau. That's like, hey, the United Operations team is looking for you. At the, your, the SFO United Operations Team is looking for you. And I was like, that can't be good. It's either going to be good or bad. <laughs> Am I in trouble? <laughs> what did I drop? I was at least like 60% I'm in trouble. And I don't know why oh. something bad has happened. Left blow high somewhere or something. That would have been mild. I don't think they would have been able to track blow high to me. <laughs> I'm thinking more like maybe I'm going to be arrested. Yeah, I know. But you don't have any explosives probably. No, no, I know better. <laughs> so I, after much difficulty, there, there's a lot of backing and forthing and arounding and I'm waiting. I finally got a hold of the person who was looking for me and I was like, hey, this is Jen Goldback. I got an email that you're looking for me. And she goes, finally, are you here? And I was like, yeah, I'm sitting over by this gate. She's <laughs> like, stay there. We'll come to you. <laughs> oh, that's always bad. That's like... I would not, I would have run. I think I would have run. I would have been like, I'm going to go to a different gate and then watch what happens to that gate. No, no, I'm not here. Uh, Anyway, this very nice woman showed up with uh, a gift bag and escorted me to the club to wait. GR mom. And it had like a super nice note to GR mom wishing me luck in the Boston Marathon. It had presents for the dogs. It had little bandanas and tennis balls and water bottles. It was the most charming, thoughtful little present so I don't know. Oh, they took a picture of them giving me the gift bag in the I club. Know. And you were like regretting that you dressed for comfort. I, I, I literally that. was wearing sweatpants, which I, I almost that. never do. But um, anyway, they were super nice about it. So I don't know who the friends of the squad are in United Operations. Who in, told in you? <laughs> uh, but it's clearly very close followers who knew that I was, you know, not just that I was GR mom, but that I was running the marathon and all kinds of stuff. It was so, so nice. Tennis balls. So whoever, whoever you are, I see you and thank you. You totally made my day. <laughs> After initial terror, there was relief and then excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figured there was a good chance it was something nice. We all have a guilty conscience sometimes about the things we yeah, may I, or may not have done. I don't know what I would be arrested for, <laughs> but I, at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked. That's, yep. <laughs> you never do know. Anyway, I landed at like 3.15 in the morning. And the worst, the worst part was it was at Dulles. <laughs> which Terminal is, D, where you have to take the freaking people mover, which is a glorified ratchet ass bus so it's you a, get up. No, it's a 1960s bus. Ugh, you can't even, you can't walk out of the airport. I'm happy to walk a mile through an airport. No. no. You have to get on the bus and then the bus has to drive you to the exit part. Oh, it's a ter- They're oh. laid out terribly. Ugh. They, oh, they're just terrible. The it's worst. these little fake buses that have to drive across taxiways and what appears to be a runway, but I don't think it's a runway. Jug, j- like racing around planes and stuff. The original idea of them in the uh, 60s was that like you'd get on, everybody would sit down. It's like a little lounge and it would drive up to the plane. It would like scissor raise up 
and yeah. then you could walk out of the lounge onto the plane. Instead, it's basically just a bus between terminals now. Yeah, you have to get off the jetway, walk to the like middle of the of the yeah, uh, terminal, terminal, and then wait and you know f- two to six to ten minutes before one of these freaking supposed oh, mobile lounges yeah. leaves. They leave. When they leave, not when they're full, not when they're empty, but mm-hmm. when they leave. So there could be an empty one and you're chasing it, or there could be a full one and they're just going to keep it <laughs> waiting for so six mad. minutes. <laughs> and they're laid out terribly Ugh. too. They're like a bad combination of city bus and subway car. They're just terrible. It's awful. They're just they were in the '60s with everyone wearing suits and ties and business attire. Maybe. Ugh. So yeah, and then. Then I have to get home from Dulles, which thankfully there's not much traffic. So I get home and I had a thing at like nine the next morning. I don't, I don't even know what it was. There's some kind of appointment. But I was like, okay, so it's like. Was it the door? No. Four o'clock. I'm home. I'm in bed. I was like, all right, brain. And if we go to sleep now, we can get like three and a half or four hours of sleep. And my brain was like, but we have so many things to think about. (laughs) It was like. 5 45 before it was terrible oh. what a terrible night anyway we don't need to bitch about that so did that's you, did your brain say no <laughs> brain was like no i was like sleeping it's like no i'm lying down right here jen i'm not sleeping <laughs> so that was thank you uh for the brightness in my day to the friends of the squad at united san francisco that was really lovely yeah it didn't uh, carry over into dc but you were you made san francisco great yep yeah. uh Here's a joke, a dad joke for you, dear dad. Oh my goodness. I think you know the answer to. Um, how do you know if the person you're talking to ran a marathon? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> I was going to get there. <laughs> so uh, yesterday I ran the Boston Marathon. <laughs> Did I ask? Did nobody, you nobody, don't? nobody, Jen? <laughs> hey, I ran the Boston Marathon. <laughs> ran the Boston Marathon yesterday. Um, <laughs> and so I just want to say thank you to everybody who cheered for me and like online and in person a bunch of people came in person they made me signs i brought little coach vink magnets and handed them out so when people were like your mom i'd be like hang on i have a present for you and i'd like run over and give them a little vink magnet that's a lot of extra weight for you to carry for 26.2 miles i mean it was several ounces yeah Yeah. well you know it's like a whole thing yep uh so that was awesome I wore my sexy beast shirt. I actually had a new so, sexy beast so shirt good. made. So good. A long sleeve shirt with like sexy beast and big silver glitter letters on it. Again, best decision. All the people around me, you know, you kind of have the same people running around you the whole time. And they're like, this is what I'm going to remember from the marathon. Everybody yelling sexy beast, <laughs> sexy beast. And they're like doing little dances. <laughs> at the end, it was great because like I was very far towards the back of the pack but at the finish line there were still a lot of people so the whole street is lined with people one person would spot my shirt and they'd be like sexy beast <laughs> and i'd like raise my hands up over my head and i'd be like yeah and then the whole like half a block who see what's going on they're going sexy beast oh there'd be chants sexy beast sexy beast they're like i can't believe i'm allowed to chant this yeah. <laughs> there were i told ingo there were two dudes who were just like they looked at my shirt and they looked at me and they're like good job beast <laughs> and this yes. I, you know, I had a sexy beast shirt in the new york marathon so i sort of knew what to expect but this time two people were like 
how'd you get my shirt? <laughs> Very clever to come up with on the spot. And there are several people where like one person would be like, good job, you go sexy beast. And then after I run past, someone would go like, what are you doing? And they'd go like, that's what was on her shirt. <laughs> yeah. like somebody calling them out like, you just called People her sexy you beast. said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you to everybody who came out and brought me signs. Uh, Soya, the mom of Toby, former GR foster dog, the first the first crazy dog who we sent to Michael for training. Uh, he's a very good boy now. He, he is a very good similar boy. to Guac. Guacaman, um, Guacaman needs a friend, Toby. <laughs> yeah, Toby's a good boy. So, at like mile twenty-five, I didn't oh. know they were coming. They were at, they were there last year when I ran Boston. I and I knew they were coming this year I didn't even know and I look and I'm like ooh there's a golden and then I look and I'm like it's Soya oh, it's Toby and I was like oh my god Tobes and I ran over and he's like jumping on the barrier like licking my face licking <laughs> my he was so excited to see me that's great it was awesome um, and there's then, that lady who was good to me <laughs> she was nice to me though she called me kind of a jerk <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that <laughs> um and also there was a oh so thanks to our friend and uh host of the two chocolate cakes podcast jen coleslaw she she sent me some stuff to my hotel <laughs> drinks and snacks which is really nice super nice so nice and she's like uh you know I'm, I'm sending you some stuff i wouldn't normally ruin the surprise but i just want you to know somebody's coming and i'm like great so i like went downstairs picking up my uh DoorDash like food delivery and I walk in and like at the concierge desk right inside the hotel, there's a guy and he's like, and I get a text from Jen Kosla. It's like, hey, the person delivering your stuff is there. And there's a guy there and he's got like a bag from a store. And and he's like, I went to the concierge. I was like, hey, I'm Jen Goldbeck. Someone's delivering something. And he's like, oh, that's me. I'm delivering this for you. And I was like, great. Thanks a bunch. Instacart guy. <laughs> and, and he's like. You didn't say Instacart no, guy, no, but I that was, was the like, impression. Oh, okay, thanks. Like, I'm always friendly to these people. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, she said to get you um, a cider, but like not a sweet one. And this is the one I picked out. I was like, wow, that's very like personal work there. Instacart guy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Thanks so much. And, and he's like making eye contact with me. I was like, this is an extremely friendly Instacart guy. Uh, and I go upstairs and... And I'm like, hey, like I got the package. Thanks so much. And she's like, yeah, that was my friend, like Alex, who delivered it. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I thought it was just like. That would have been important context. Random guy. So I was like perfectly nice to him, but very just like, oh, Not okay. like it was her friend. Like you're getting five bucks from Instacart to deliver this. <laughs> and not, not like her history professor friend who did her a favor <laughs> and went shopping. So I'm like, Jen, you have to tell him that I feel really bad that I didn't know he she, was a She treated friend. me like a delivery person <laughs> i thought he was uh i'm glad i'm nice to delivery people well, yeah um <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't try to give him like 20 oh my god oh that would have been the worst <laughs> oh just the worst hey, he might have taken it uh. <laughs> i would have taken it he's not your friend <laughs> uh but there was also for those of you for the people following jen runs with dogs who are uh, you know more deep into my running life uh, the Boston Marathon has an app where you can send cheers to people and they'll put some of them up on a screen. So you can be like, you know, people are like, go GR mom. Except I had like 56 pages of them again <laughs> this year. There's like 10 per page, just like hundreds and hundreds of cheers. Nobody else gets that many. Some people get like two, maybe they, three. They, they play them when you're finishing, right? 
when you cross the finish so line. So for you, you would have had to like wait an hour to read them all before you crossed the finish line. <laughs> They're I mean, scrolling. They, they scrolling. only put up like one for <laughs> you. They won't put them all scrolling. up. Scrolling. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it it's just so like running a marathon is exciting, especially like a big one like this. And usually like you get excited about it yourself or like maybe Ingo would get excited for me oh, or yeah. like my mom. Uh, but it's great to have like thousands of people all excited and like tracking me and, and cheering and like tweeting about it. It's really fun. That's how much everyone who wants a marathon wants their marathon celebrated is to just have thousands of people going, yeah, they are amazing. Yes. Cause it's such a big deal internally and it's nice to have that recognized by everyone else. Yeah. So thank you everybody. It made me extremely happy. And I also figured out a piece of trivia. Oh, what? You're one of the few people who's run two Boston marathons within six months. That's true. I mean, it's a limited It's a very small that may never be added to. It should not be. May be never added to. This was the 126th running of the Boston Marathon. It has run every year except for 2020 because of COVID. And in 20... Every year it's been run on... On Patriot's Day, except... 2021 where they ran it in the fall because spring of 2021 like people were still getting vaccinated and it was too risky so they moved it to the fall and it's always on a monday it's on patriot's day monday and so they kept it on monday in the fall they like declared a state holiday on a monday in october last did they call it marathon day or did they call it patriot's day two no i i don't know what they called it 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 was and this is not what they declared it a holiday for it was indigenous people's day and then they also declared not that Columbus Day. Holiday. No, it's different than Columbus Day. Well, it was Columbus Day has changed into Indigenous people has changed into. I think it's a different thing. We don't, this is a dumb uh, conversation for the podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was Marathon Day in Boston. That's what they call it. They say it's Marathon Day. Marathon Monday. Marathon Monday, and it, everyone's yeah. just like, "Of course, yeah, you need the day off. It's Marathon Monday, sure." Yeah, yeah. That's, it was a great time. So thanks, everybody. That's the end of Administrative it's Corner. It's epic. That, that is the best Administrative Corner I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. It was a good one this time. I yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah. You had to run 26.2 miles and, oh, and travel a billion miles to get there via San Francisco. I, I left here. I went here to Houston to San Francisco. That was all in one day. And no, I spent here, like eight. Here to Dallas. I'm to sorry. Houston. To Dallas. No, no. <laughs> the keys to Dallas. And then I stayed at the Dallas Grand Hyatt in the airport for like eight hours. It's like and a whole then, other day. And then San Francisco. And then the next day, San Francisco to D.C. And then I was there for two days to Boston. And then today I got home. And we don't need to talk about how terrible that was. Except there were flights that were missed. There was much, much anger. So much anger. I had so much anger today. Modes of transportation were substituted. <laughs> but you're anyway, here now I'm and it's awesome. <laughs> Should we do dog updates? Yes, that's a great idea. We should we should talk about our dog. <laughs> Last we podcasted, because not much happened while you were gone. Oh dear lord! <laughs> How long were you gone? Three years? Was it three years? I, it feels like it. I left. La- we're recording on Tuesday, April nineteenth, and I left on Tuesday, April twelfth. Yeah, we recorded last time on Monday. We recorded April, on bl- Monday, eleventh, the eleventh. And we were like, oh, everything's really boring. And then <laughs> yeah, we had a hard time filling <laughs> 30 minutes last time. Post the like, podcast. Oh, I'm sure, you know, we'll have some updates for this and then oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. That might have jinxed it. Maybe we jinxed it. Mm. <laughs> All right. So we recorded the podcast on Monday evening. 
And on Monday night slash Tuesday morning at 1.30 a.m., Voods had a seizure. Yep, one of the big ones. Yeah. And then I got on a plane at 7 a.m. I think you missed the part where you stayed up with him for three hours. I stayed up with him all night. Oh, yeah. God, I was so tired this last week. Yeah. Because I had all of these <laughs> yeah, just and you're consecutive like, Why is that? bad nights of oh, sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he had the, surg- uh, he had the seizure at 1.30. And, yeah, I, I forgot I had stayed up with him all night. It, it literally was like five days in a row that I had like three hours of sleep. Wasn't your flight early, too? Like we had to leave at it was it the flight left at seven yeah we, we to, left at like 5 45 it was already gonna be an early morning a yeah. short night and and then it was like voods decided to have his little seizure <laughs> so voods has his big seizure at 1 30 in the morning we go to the airport drop me off you're super stressed i'm super stressed because voods Cause getting a seizure very bad coming. yeah especially because he had been home basically like 10 days since his last trip hospital long hospital stay at the neurologist i don't think the warranty had expired on that one man like normally he goes a month or a little bit more this is 10 days so that's very not good that's in the window of very bad we have talked about like maybe it's time for boods when he starts having seizures that need him to be hospitalized that often so i mean if if he had a cluster seizure every week he'd be basically in the hospital all the time yeah and, and it i mean that's like the 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 one end of the spectrum that is clearly not quality of life if he's just having seizures yeah and just hospitalized and, and all the time he never has recovered right he's yeah. never fully recovered and this he was just getting better he was just perkier he had like two days he'd of perkier just been walking better and then all of a yeah. sudden bam his, his brain short-circuited again yeah so he had a second seizure at what like 9 30 in the morning i l- landed maybe i was even on the wi-fi on the plane and you were like he had another seizure you know i called the neurologist i think i'm gonna wait and see and i was like nope you gotta put him in the car and go because their standard advice is and some of them know him, but they still act like he's just a normal dog with normal seizures. Th- their standard advice is three and then bring him in. And if you look at Vood's file, it says two. Because it's, cause it's been downgraded because of we, where we live and, and everything. And right? he always has three. Yep. He never just has two. Yep. Um, and I was like, take him. <laughs> and so you loaded him up in the car. Who'd you bring with? You brought somebody. Remy? Remy, Remy with the... With the um, insulin with right? his insulin because, he, because it was going to overlap with his insulin time yeah oh our dogs are so complicated and he had a third seizure in the car on the way he did i was about half an hour from the clinic and he and he had a you know voods is all the way in the back remy's in the back seat uh and voods had a pretty serious seizure so i had to just pull over to the side the berm which is luckily easy in the keys and in southern florida yeah wasn't on the freeway yet it was still in the on the causeway yeah. actually and I gave him his little med- medazolam yeah. in the nose and and petted him and, and was just like, let's get to the freaking clinic. It's pretty intense. Like dogs having a seizure in the back, pull over, administer intranasal medication to stop it and then continue driving. Yeah. Luckily, Remy was really good. Remy was like, ooh, something bad's happening. I think I'm going to not be a goofball. Good job, Remy. Didn't try to climb over, didn't start barking. Yeah. He was just like, ooh, I hope, hope Vood's okay. Yeah. Uh, so Voods went to the hospital. So that was Monday. 
Um, they immediately put him on the IV anticonvulsants and then they're like, okay, we're going to try tapering him off. And, you know, if he doesn't have any more seizures, then he can come home. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, right. Cause he always has more seizures, <sighs> but he didn't, he had those three. They gave him the yeah. IV medicine for whatever, 12, 18 hours, weaned him off. And then they were like, you can come get him. And he was okay. Did they wean him off Tuesday night and then it was 24 hours from then? Because I picked him on Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. They weaned him off overnight on Tuesday, but they were kind of like, well, it's been 24 hours since, like, technically it's okay. And yeah, I mean, it had, it had been more than 24 hours when you got him. Right. Right. But by um, the time they sort of made the decision, it had not been 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. So he got to come home Wednesday night. Wednesday, actually Wednesday mid, mid afternoon, right? Yeah, because that's I, right. I always have to coordinate it so the other dogs aren't like starving to death or you know crossing their legs having to pee or anything like yeah. that. So because it's six hours, I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long stretch. And I think I brought Remy again. <laughs> you might have. Yeah. You brought somebody. Yeah, we were having furniture delivered on Tuesday when you had to drive him up, and so I wasn't here because I was on a plane. You're taking boots to the vet. Getting furniture delivered in the Keys is not easy. <laughs> And they, they had, cause they have to drive down from like Fort Lauderdale to bring it here. So our neighbor, I was like, are you home today? Like, could you like, just, they can leave it under the house. Could Gates you just open. Sign just, for let it? Them, yeah. just make them comfortable yeah. leaving the thing. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, of course. So she was great. So she's like hero. Yeah. Very nice. Um, anyway, so that's the Voods update. Um, you know, so we, you know, we talked a few podcasts ago that like, you know, the question is going to be, when is Vood's time with us done? And, you know, we had said if he starts having seizures that has where he has to be hospitalized more than once a month, you know, certainly if it's every two weeks, like that's too much. And, and honestly, like even every three weeks, because he, he's up there for like five days most of the time. And then it takes him like he's still not better. He's been home almost a week and he's still real shaky. Yeah. So it takes him like, a, he's there for almost a week. It takes him a week to recover. If he has two bad weeks and then one good one and then goes back up, like, that's not great. Yeah. Um, and, you and know. Messes with his brain and every seizure has a a downside effect. Like I mean, a permanent like, yeah. impact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I posted, uh, if you watch the stories on Instagram a, a week or so ago, I posted a video of, uh, the first day we got Voods, or maybe I had just, maybe I just sent it to you and go. You definitely sent it to me. I don't know if you yeah, posted it. I no. might've just sent it to you. It was like the day we brought Voods home and looking at how different he was, <laughs> like there's a remarkable difference. Like there's some stuff that's better, but there's a lot of stuff where it's like, Ooh, like cognitively, like you can tell that he's having some impacts. So this seizure was way shorter than the window that we set but we're not going to do it for just we're not going to be like oh well it's been 10 days like that's it right because this could just be an operation and he could go eight weeks he could go forever till he has another seizure every time we leave the neurologist they're like well we have to make a follow-up appointment in four to six months and every time we leave we go we're going to see you in like a month. Are you kidding? And they go, no, 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 four to six months. We have to have it on the calendar. And we're like, oh, <laughs> all right. Administ bureaucratically, I understand. Ugh. So uh, so this one obviously was within the window. If he were to have another one in two or three weeks, we would probably say it's time, right? We're not going to do it just for one that comes really short, but if as next one will be a pattern. And we also talked in that podcast that... Um, 
we weren't going to mess with his medication unless he was getting to that point where we were going to be like his quality of life is just very low because we had tried increasing it and it was really bad and we had a long talk with the neurologist who's great and sort of said the same thing right like we know that increasing all of his meds may prevent his seizures but his quality of life is terrible when he's on higher doses than this and we can't put him on lower doses because he'll have more seizures so we're just going to stay with this until we feel like we're getting to a critical point and since this cluster of seizures was basically 10 days after the last one we're kind of at that point and we know we can't just increase his Keppra which is what we did last time which is a really safe medicine he has room to take more but he's just like a zombie when he's on more so we have added a fifth medicine Topamax which is a human medicine oh my god he has so many pills you guys <laughs> he has so many pills um He's doing okay on it so far. I mean, I've, you know, I've only been home with him since this afternoon, but he, he definitely is not a zombie. He's, that's right. He's alert as much as he gets and he's real wobbly, but I think he's been like that since the seizures, the last yeah. batch. And it's a little, I mean, he did, you know, when he's in the car for a while and stuff, he gets stiff and, and he'll loosen up. So he's, he's, he's a little up and down mobility wise. But he's he's getting to the point now where he can get up by himself and he doesn't want to though. This is what confounds the data is that a lot of times <laughs> he just lazy. doesn't want to get up. Yeah. He could, but he's just like, eh, I don't really see the point, guys. Yeah. But still, I mean, like I let him out after dinner, well after he'd been out of the car and he kind of walked out and he he started leaning on stuff on purpose. He's like, oh, I'm standing next to something. And then he kind of leans sideways onto it's it. A, it's a suave look. It's very suave. Um so anyway, that's the foods update. Like, not great, but um, he's home and he's, you know, he's having a good time. I do have, I'm looking at my notes here. I have extensive notes this week. <laughs> <laughs> Under food seizures, it says, found remaining sleeve. <laughs> so if you remember from last week's podcast, the Vood's news was that he ate the long sleeves off my Key West half marathon running shirt. And then we had him puke him up and then he ate him again. And then we had him puke him up again. And I was like, so I think we got him. I found when he puked the second time, we got a whole sleeve and then a bunch of pieces. But it turns out, no, we did not get the whole thing because Ingo took him out to do his business before he took him to the neurologist. The same day. Yeah, that's right. And... and there was a, there was your sleeve. It was clearly that T-shirt pattern, and <laughs> I think there was either sleeve or the holes or both. Or I mean, it was still a lot of fabric. Multicolored poop. He was still processing it. Well, and, oh, trigger warning! There may be some um, talk about puking and and puking. Oh, there's a lot of that coming this, up in this podcast. <laughs> so if anyone's sensitive, it's dogs throwing up. Uh, yeah, we're not there yet, but when we when we get to Remy, skip ahead like five minutes. <laughs> Before we get to Remy, we have Hopper, who we thought was going to die this week. Can we be honest now that we're past it? Just casually, that's another thing that had to happen while you were gone because... We because thought Hopper was going to die. Somebody's testing somebody. So... This is, must have happened like Thursday because I picked up boots all day on Wednesday. On Wednesday. It must have... It was Thursday. So, yeah. So, Hop's... Obviously, there's a spot formerly known as Hopper's leg. <laughs> I am a scar not, yeah I frequently am checking it just to make sure everything's okay in there um you're giving her little pets rubbing around make sure there's nothing sticking out or no lumps or whatever everything was fine on like Sunday and on Thursday 
I call in the morning. I wake up and I call to check in and Ingo's in the car. And I was like, what are you doing in the car? <laughs> and he's like, I'm on my way to the vet. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, good news is it's not Voods. <laughs> so Hobbs has a lump, you said the size of an egg. If It was probably the size of a boiled egg, yeah. In the spot where her leg once was. But it was harder than a boiled egg. Yeah, a hard lump had not been there on Sunday. So a, a fast rising lump in the spot where her cancerous leg was taken off. And she was lethargic, miserable, and didn't eat any of her breakfast. Didn't touch didn't breakfast, breakfast or snacks or any. And she's picky, but she'll have a snack or she'll have the cheese or, you know, but she's like, nah, I feel so bad that I can't. And she couldn't really move that well. So it was clearly a problem enough that I called the vet at seven and was like, need to see this dog. Yeah. And she had been quite like notably lethargic and just like malaise. Like you could tell she felt bad and like painful, but not, not in any particular point. Like sometimes after she swims, she'll get really painful on one of her back legs. You know, she probably pulls something or overdoes it, which we're used to managing. But she, I mean, for the last like two weeks had been just like god you could tell she felt crappy and we were trying yeah. all sorts of stuff and didn't it wasn't want to be helping. moved it didn't didn't was like st- st- working hard to eat you know yeah. to, to get into position to eat and stuff yeah and so so her not eating on that thursday morning and and being in pain and really it was kind of a culmination of stuff that had been going on for a couple of weeks yep. and uh so she gets up to the vet and the vet's like well she had cancer in that leg and now she's got this lump where she had the cancer. Yep. So I mm. can only think of one thing this could be. And then the surgeon who actually amputated her leg, he is twice a week down at our clinic here in the Keys. And he looked at her and he's like, oh, looks like that cancer came back. <laughs> and I knew that was a risk factor. Yeah. I mean, he told like when they amputated, he's like, good chance that cancer is eventually going to come back. Uh, but you know, this will get you some time with her. So we're like, okay, well her cancer's back and she's in a ton of pain and she's not eating. So I'm thinking like, can she make it comfortably until I get home? No kidding. So I can be there. Do I have to fly home right now and then, you know, skip the marathon or fly to Boston separately? Uh, what's going to happen? And the vet was like, well, you know, almost as a formality, I'll have, I'll check it, you know, I'll do a tissue analysis and I'll send it in and. Yeah, so they said we're going to do a fine needle aspirate. So basically, like you can do a proper biopsy, but a fine needle aspirate is basically they stick a needle in there, suck some stuff out, put it on a slide and look at it. And it doesn't get you as much detail as a biopsy. They do a cytology on that and it usually takes seven to 10 days. I guess, yeah, I must have been in San Francisco when you were doing that. Or in the hospital in Dallas. Maybe it was Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, because I was walking around in San Francisco. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So they... They take that and he's like, you know, it's like most of it's not infection. Like there's some infection in there. It mostly looks like joint fluid. The the cancer that she held, had, synovial sarcoma, is a basically a joint fluid cancer. He's like, those cancer cells will actually produce joint fluid. So it makes sense that we're seeing joint fluid Where there. She doesn't have that joint anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, because if those cancer cells were up there... You know, even if there were just a few left after the amputation, you know, they could have grown. They'd be producing joint fluid. There is some infection in there also, but he's like, it doesn't smell bad. 
I wish it smelled bad because that would mean it was just an abscess, like just an infection. But, you know, we'll send it out and see what they say in a week. But in the meantime, like, let's drain this and clean it out and rinse it and everything like that'll make her feel better. So she stayed there all day. Um, they kind of, I think, lightly sedated her light anesthesia. Yeah. Cut, cut a couple holes in it, you know, got all the gunk out of it, put her on antibiotics. Um, by the next day, she felt so much better. It was like. I mean, this is a bad example, but it's like after the amputation where she was just like a different dog. She's just like, oh, I'm, I'm back to w the way I was now. This is good. Yeah. I can move around. I can eat. This is fantastic. Yeah. And like after the amputation, like, of course, she like had some discomfort having had that surgery and adapting to it. But she didn't have that this time. So she was just like, well, I'm back like I was. Yeah. Um, so we're like, all right, well, we got to wait a week to get these test results. It must have been wednesday wednesday morning you took her to the vet and and then you had to drive up to get foods you were driving all day because i was in san francisco when you were talking to the vet and then i was home in maryland like between appointments and he called the vet called and he's like we got the cytology back and i was like the stuff that should take seven to ten days like you got it back like <laughs> 18 hours later he's like yeah i don't know how it went so fast he's like they didn't find any cancer cells in there and i was like mm-hmm like what <laughs> he's like i wrote like in 20 places that she had had this kind of cancer and this came from the site of it and they say they don't see any cancer in there and i was like that's great i'm like there's an extremely large chunk of salt <laughs> that is accompanying these results I'm like i don't really believe it he's like i know what are the chances that like she just happens to get this random abscess six months after she had cancer in exactly the same spot when everything has been fine up and it's not like oh it's had trouble healing it's been perfectly healed i was like i know right he's like but this is good and i was like yeah you know better <laughs> than finding a bunch of cancer cells in there yeah so it's not great she shouldn't be getting an abscess in this the place she had cancer and she shouldn't be producing big lumps of joint fluid in a place that she no longer has a joint because this is how the elbow thing started she had that big yeah. sore elbow and then we drained that and hoped that would fix it and then it turned out no 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 yeah um so you know i think we all i we all have suspect that there's like some cancer stuff going on in there but she is happy and joyful and feeling great right the now the lump is totally gone yeah she is I mean, if anyone watches Snap, she's like playful. She runs around in the sand. She wants to go in the water. Yep. And she goes in the water. Yeah. You're doing great. Wow. So, yes, uh, no impending loss of hopper tea, but it was very scary because it was just like, oh. you know, if she's in a lot of pain and she's not eating, like that's, that is decision. I mean, that's the end, right? Like you can put her on a bunch of meds and, you know, make her comfortable for a couple of days, but like that's basically it. So the fact that we went from thinking that's where we were to nope, like we can't find fine. any cancer. We keep trying, we couldn't find any. Yeah. And she feels fine. I mean, that all that matters is that she feels fine, right? So yeah, uh, she's on obviously antibiotics now, but she's also on a bunch of new, more pain management meds, and she's doing great. Because why not? I mean, she doesn't need to be sore. She doesn't need to be in any pain. She's not an athlete. Yeah. So good job hops keep it up yep uh was venk's cyst during this time too or was that did somebody else i think that was me too <laughs> i think that was me also 
<laughs> I'm just trying. I, I mean, you definitely brought her to the vet. There you I, go. I don't remember if we talked about this last week. Vink had a, has a cyst. It's now about the size of a chickpea on her back. Um, it's benign. It's just, I think we, I think that was maybe on the Monday last week. Could have been. Anyway. Could have been. It all feels like a long week. We have no news about Vink on this dog updates. I think she's, her and CB maybe are the only ones. We got a lot of other stuff. Oh, yeah. We haven't even started about Remy. <laughs> Let's talk about Remy. If you don't like dog puking stories. This is would be the one to skip. Skip ahead. Uh, so because things have been boring, Remy decided he needed to bring some excitement into the household. Yeah, after we heard that Hopper was getting better, Remy decided I'm going to be the diva. <laughs> I'm going to be the drama queen. So our neighbor, the same one who accepted our furniture delivery, stopped <laughs> yeah. by and uh she she like is a a drop by neighbor she didn't need to announce she brings her dog over and the dog and, and the dog yes. likes to swim here that's so right. that's what she did this is it i was here and all of a sudden i hear a dog barking outside and so does vink so does guac so does everybody yeah and they go nuts this is the one guac where, where guac ballistic. tries to launch himself out of a closed window at the dog because the dog's kind of barky and yeah, so he, he likes her just fine, but he knows that she's swimming and he wants to be oh, swimming and playing so pitch. jealous. Yeah. So Ingo very smartly locks Remy and Guac in his office, which does not face the water. So they can't see her. They can only hear her and not as much and goes out and talks to the neighbor and comes back in for a while. I mean, she's probably here for 20 maybe. minutes throwing, yeah. throwing this, the floaty for her dog and, and yeah. all this stuff. And it's, it's perfectly pleasant i mean there's occasional barking upstairs and i'm like well it's walk, you're gonna have to deal with it yeah and then you come back in and i open the pocket doors to my office yeah yep yeah. and all i see is remy <laughs> choking down <laughs> wrapped chocolates and a big cardboard box he like a shipping like an amazon shipping box full of chocolate yeah. that i had been saving in the closet not a box of chocolates a box with boxes of chocolate in it like from like you know various a solid eight pounds of chocolate in there and, and it was dark chocolate light chocolate just random like the those lint like the balls balls i mean just random stuff that didn't fit in the pantry so it was in the closet the closet was open because i was probably vacuuming vacuuming or vacuuming up someone's throw up or something <laughs> but it's all in that closet and i it didn't register me that there was a box of chocolate storage in there but remy found it and he basically tore into it and ate pounds of chocolate just all of it it was all pre-wrapped and individually wrapped so he just he was basically horking down you know a bunch of it while i watched uh and so i grabbed it you know, took as much out of his mouth as I could, looked into the the, the box <laughs> or the remnants, the torn up remnants, and was like, oh my goodness, he's eaten, yeah, pounds of, of chocolate, various chocolates, dark, light, cherry, not cherry, alcohol, whatever. And look, bad for any dog, but he's fucking diabetic. diabetic. And he was just like, hey, 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 <laughs> this is the best. You got any more of that? And I was like, man... So I had to put hydrogen peroxide. I think I called you first. Maybe I, I, I don't think I did. I think I just put yeah. hydrogen peroxide down his throat and took him outside and was just like, you're going to lose all that chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically walked her. Of course, Guac snuck out with him. 
So he was out there throwing up chocolate. <laughs> and guac, his shadow was just like, can I have some of that chocolate? And I was out there with a hose trying to hose it down and rinse it away before Guac was like, ooh, I like chocolate too. <laughs> but I mean, he's puking up full wrapped chocolates. I mean, it was, I was, In I, addition had, to I had plastic grocery bags and I probably filled two of them oh my God. with the, with the wrapped candy that he was throwing up. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, he was like a he was a canine pinata he was throwing up wrapped candy that probably wasn't even half processed right i mean i could have rinsed that stuff off and given it out for halloween i mean it was that that don't come to our house for halloween guys he just had he didn't chew it he didn't he didn't try to like delicately daintily unwrap it he just went he just yeah. hoovered it up <laughs> and with the hydrogen peroxide he quite quickly unhoovered it all and you know i managed to clean up the yard most of it guac probably licked up some of it but it wasn't it wasn't significant for guacoman yeah so like it, acutely all the chocolate got out but then remy kind of kept puking for a few days and this is saturday right so i i called you and i was like do mm-hmm what do you think about me driving to Miami, which is the only emergency room right now? Do you think it's worth going three hours, given that he's thrown up and he threw up, he stopped throwing up when I saw breakfast eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, he's kind of, that's the, that's Got to the where he started this morning. So I think all the chocolate is gone. Now he's at, at breakfast. Um, maybe it was Sunday. This doesn't matter. Yeah, Continue. it was, it was a breakfast egg. And, uh, so I called you and we talked about whether I needed to bring him in or not. And you're like, well, if you threw it all up and it was only in his system for 15, 20 minutes. Should be okay. Take a look, keep, keep an eye on him. Yeah, I mean, you can always bring him, right? So he kept throwing up. I mean, not a lot, but a few yeah. more times that day, L- a few more times the next L- day. Less and less every time. I think he, he ate dinner. I mean, he didn't have any impaired appetite. He didn't have a problem. He was just like, I'm going to eat more. You got any more of that chocolate? Up, This is great. Yeah. You know, I feel awesome. Yeah, um, but by the end of all this, I guess Sunday night, he had a little bit of blood. Sunday, in Sunday afternoon, right? Yeah, and that's was, when I called you, Sunday yeah. afternoon. And that's I was it. like, you know, if there's like a lot more blood or if he keeps throwing up a lot, then bring him up. But if it's just, you know, if he throws up once or twice more and it's just a little, you can probably make it till Monday. So you got him in Monday and she's like, yeah, well, you give him a lot of hydrogen peroxide. And I was like, I sure did. <laughs> I would do it again. She's like, you probably gave him more than the recommended dose to make him. I was like, yeah, maybe. Did you see the eight pounds of chocolate he ate? But I'm not sorry because they kept saying he ate a box of chocolate. And I was like, no, no, he didn't eat a box. You think it's like 24 pralines. He ate like a whole box full of those boxes of pralines. (laughs) I mean, he, this is so much. There's just so much. Anyway, he's fine now. He's, they gave us some, some stuff to make him feel better. Uh, uh, I'd given him Pepto Pepto Bismol on Pepto Bismol, yeah, yeah. Um, you can give liquid Pepto Bismol to dogs; it works great. But I recommend giving it outside, because sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, what is this terribleness?" and keep some in their mouth, and then shake their face, and then you got pink all over your walls. I speak from experience. And then they laugh. He did fine with it, though. He didn't have any problem. He did. He's. Uh, I think he's also without remorse. I think he would eat more. <laughs> he totally chocolate. is. All right, there's there, there's another dog who could have died. Yeah, this dog's Jesus not good. The worst possible thing for any dog, let alone a diabetic dog. And I was doing a glyc- glucose curve for him that day anyway, so at least I knew his glucose wasn't off the charts. He's had worse 
blood sugar values without eating a million pounds of chocolate. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a fourth dog who could have almost died, which is guacomane. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so dear dad's out on the dacomane. Yeah, this is a new thing. A shark swimming by. Yeah. He's pretty pretty good size, like five I mean it's underwater, but it's probably a four or five foot yeah, oak nurse, nurse shark. shark. Yeah. And Guac is like, look at that thing. And he goes like, don't jump in the water. And Guac is like, look at that thing. And he goes like, no, Guac, don't. Guac's, and Guac's like, what'd you say? Look at that thing. I was like, I'm going to go get it. Oh, God. <laughs> the shark's just swimming. And then Guac's like, jump sploosh right on top of the <laughs> Sploosh like, right on top like, of the shark. I'm going to check this out. <laughs> the shark was like, what the fuck? Oh, my goodness. So the, char- the shark took off to, to the shark's credit and guac's luck and he completely i think immediately forgot what he was going in for yeah once he lost sight of it and swam back in and it was fine it but it was fine nurse sharks him, are not gonna him attack launching him launching himself off the dock on top basically to ride the shark was very <laughs> weird guac jumped the shark <laughs> that's a bad joke it's a bad joke i mean it's like a literal truth yeah that's true so he was fine nurse sharks are extremely docile they're the ones like if you've seen the videos of me petting sharks that's what they are like they <laughs> this one was very surprised no you, doubt you could get bitten by one but it's you got to kind of stick your hand in their mouth to get chomped this this guy this shark now has a story i was just swimming along <laughs> and all of a sudden this big furry thing jumped <laughs> fell from the sky he like he touched my tail he touched my tail <laughs> it was terrible <laughs> uh the other wildlife dog story we have this week is Hopper and the snake. That's crazy. Last night, I took Hopper out at, you know, as last dog, mm-hmm. last walkies, last, you know, yardies. And we get out of the elevator and there's a, like, and it's a little cooler than it has been. It's probably in the 70s. So it's cooled off since the day. And there's a, like what looked like a four and a half foot snake maybe it was four feet but it, it wasn't that Big thick snake but it was a long snake and it was like you know nice and zigzaggy and it was just kind of there hanging out and i was like um huh? i'm gonna poke it to make it get away go away <laughs> so i took an oar and, and a, a paddle and i poked at it and it kind of moved a little bit sluggishly so i'm thinking it was a little cool, cool, cooled out right like this guy corn snake probably a corn snake yeah mm-hmm. But uh, not venomous. Not well, but, but it has still pointy little teeth. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm trying to like shoo it off the beach, essentially. And it doesn't really like it doesn't want to be shooed. Yeah. And then Hopper runs towards it, its head and wants to play with it. And it's like j- running up to it. And I had to like tackle hops and be like, no, don't. <laughs> you're going to get chomped in the face by this snake. Did for- it have fangs? They have no. Some, any snake has fangs. No, no. Corn snakes don't have fangs. They get teeth, well, but they don't have like the big. I don't know. I vampire didn't see. Fangs. I wasn't, oh, okay. It's not a cobra. I mean, it wasn't spitting venom or anything. That's, it wasn't. I mean, there's poisonous, venomous snakes down here. I don't. I don't think it had a real small head. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a corn snake. It didn't. I wasn't too worried about venom. I was just mostly worried about like the gecko that bit roots. <laughs> Through blood, right? Chomped onto Hopper's nose. And so if Hops gets, you know, a snake in the eye or something, that's bad. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. That happened in that movie. Hops was just completely fearless and was just like, oh, friend, play. 
And the snake was like, and like drew back and did the whole coil thing. And I was like, no, 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 we're not, pops, we're not doing this. <laughs> and I was like, but she, we are. She was so insistent. And she was just like digging her, digging her legs into the sand and kind of like doing a cartoon, like running in place kind of thing. And I just, <laughs> I was just holding her, you know, for dear life, kind of tackling her. And the snake slowly, very slowly kind of slithered away. <laughs> I was just, it was a weird, weird experience. But mostly Hopper has no idea what the snakes are. Yep. No respect. No natural fear. Brody, good job not creating any stories this week. Brody, you can't really say that you almost died. Vink, good job. Keep it up. Brody threw up a little bit too this week. Well, dogs puke, man. Yeah. He's like, I just got to join in. I join. Guac did this morning. I mean, everybody's like now all of a sudden, there may be something environmental around. There could be some. No, like, no, no. Don't make up these theories. It's my theory. You're, stop with your dumb theories. Now, you're going to get people worried and you're just making shit up. Why is everyone puking? Oh, because sympathetic. I think because people are eating stupid stuff. You're all stupid. Right. We're done with dog updates. Okay. I have two potential ramblings if we want to do ramblings. I like it. Ramble on. Body modification enthusiast known as Human Satan cuts off ears to celebrate end of COVID mask mandate. I guess because you put the masks behind your ears. I mean, you could throw away your paper masks too, dummy. <laughs> cut is, off your ears. This is the guy. When he gets LASIK, did he cut off his nose? <laughs> what a dumbass. He has already cut off his nose. He looks very, very scary. He looks like Darth Maul, but worse. He's like tattooed his skin all black and he's got like inserts underneath his skin, like lumps. And he, I'm sure his tongue is forked and he's got tusks and he cut his nose off. Oh, he does look. He, he, see, he, he literally has cut his nose off already. So he I cut his ears he, off. I don't think he can fix that. That's that's not. We're, 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 you can't just take a couple tattoos off and make him look normal again. No, no. He's into it. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Just thought I'd share that somebody sent me that. <laughs> the photo is bad. I if mean, you look at the New York Post, that vaunted journalistic <laughs> institution is vaunted the beacon, word I want there. Beacon of journalism. Yeah, there we go. Know. All right. The other one which I tweeted about is mystery sarcophagus found in Notre Dame to be opened. Why? All right. Wait, why? Notre Dame, which famously burned down three years ago. They're yeah. rebuilding it. And they were digging around and buried deep beneath Notre Dame, Ooh. they found an unmarked no. 14th century no. lead sarcophagus. That's where they bury the demons. It's from the freaking 1300s. There's or demon or witch. I mean, that's bad. <laughs> The 1500s. It's a, like 700 years ago. No. They made a lead coffin and they put shit in it. Unnamed, unmarked. They destroyed all the records about it and they buried it deep beneath. A sacred a site to contain its power. They're going to open that shit, no. Ingo. There are so many horror movies just like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Except there it's accidental because surely no one will be dumb enough to do this on purpose. It's always like some construction worker kicks it open or something. Yeah. No, these guys should know better. Scientists have already peeked into the sarcophagus using an endoscopic camera revealing the upper part of a skeleton, <sighs> a pillow of leaves, no. fabric, and as yet unidentified objects. Pentagrams. I don't know. So anyway, that's happening. Oh, that's not good. 
All right, so that's my ramblings. Nobody listens to our advice on that one. No, no Leave kidding. it be. Bury uh, it. You, what's the German word of the week? Leichendina, speaking of bodies. It is the, I don't want to say the autopsy assistant, but the coroner's assistant. Who's the... the yeah, technician. Mor- mortuary what? technician, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. he's like the, the f- gopher and fetch it to the... <laughs> <laughs> to the coroner, <laughs> to the mort- mortician, right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess cor- you could for have a coroner, for a coroner yeah. too. Yeah. But Leiche means, Leiche is dead body. Yeah. Corpse. And Dina means servant. So this is like, this it's is a, a very servant. quaint, some um, uh, follower suggested this word actually, Leiche and Dina. Yeah. It's a good one. So yeah. A, a follower. Not some fo- That sounds very uh, bad. Some follower. A follower. <laughs> Was n- was we kind call them friends of the squad. Friends of the squad was kind enough to suggest this, yes. Yeah. And so I looked it up, and it is a very cool concept and word, yes. Yeah, it's a good one. Yep. Uh, for Taste of the Keys, we have Miami murder suspect taken into custody. On April 14th, Key West police detectives located and took into custody a man in Key West who was wanted for homicide by the Miami Police Department. They were responding to a be on the lookout. <laughs> Bolo. Thank you. By that agency for Angel. We'll just call him Angel. That's his real name. In connection with the homicide that occurred on October 8th, 2021, the Bolo warned the suspect should be considered armed and dangerous. I get that mixed up with BOGO sometimes, but it's <laughs> buy one, lose one. No, it's, it's be on the lookout. Yes. Anyway, they're like, we think he might be at this place. And then they went to that place and he was there. It doesn't sound like that menacing if he's just like, yeah, okay, fine. Come yeah. no, With the on. help of Monroe County Sheriff and U.S. Marshals, Angel was transported to Miami-Dade Police Custody. They've had, you know, 23-year-old women in bars that have resisted arrest harder than this guy. No kidding. I mean, frequently. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Ingo, I'm exhausted. I think we should end this podcast. Just like for this week. I'm tired. Aren't we done? We're done. This is set up to a joke? No, no. This is just where you start thinking of other stuff to talk about. Oh, I'm done too. I'm I'm real tired. We had a lot of dog updates. I'm very pleased with the amount of stories and highlights and weirdnesses that we conveyed. There's a lot. There is a lot. Yeah, I don't feel like I need to make up for it by, you know, being creative. Thank you. And genius by imparting my genius (laughs) that I usually impart. All right, everyone. Thanks for being awesome. Slava Ukraini. You ran a marathon again. And until next week, don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Yeah, don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Bye. Bye.